We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone, Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch, out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left, now over the middle, he pump fakes, he rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing, he knocks him down, the ball is thrown up in the air and batted away, incomplete, the Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paula. A live show. Folks, we're live, 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 live. 34-0 L.A. Rams crush. The Arizona Cardinals, 2-0 for the first time since before Steve Ribeiro, our esteemed Bunny Heads colleague, went through puberty. Went through puberty. We're here with Norm Hightower, the man, the myth, the legend. Buddy, how you feeling? Good. Happy about the game. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. And it's the things to talk about are all good things, I think. I, I didn't well, see really anything too bad. Most everything. Zerline, Almost everything. Zerline not being in there wasn't good. 
But it worked out okay. It's true. true. Hey, and, and maybe it forced those wonderful Rams to have to figure out what the heck they do in the red zone because they struggle there sometimes in the last couple of years. Maybe. Just maybe. I got to hope, right? Yep. But they did get some good red zone work, and we will talk about that. They were as dominant as I've ever seen them. I want your thoughts. Before we do, we want to ask you to head over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all those places where you can find podcasts. Podcasts. It's live, folks. Excuse me. Podcasts. And uh, also, don't forget, we're on ivradio.com. We air our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Norm, your initial thoughts. Go, bud. Well, I mean, you know, other than the first drive, they were dominant the whole game. And uh, until the last couple plays of uh, the Cardinals' offense, they hadn't even crossed the 50-yard line the entire game. So, obviously, we were dominant on both sides of the ball. Uh, Brandon Cooks is going to be a real difference maker for us this year. I know all the people that were Sammy Watkins fans that were all complaining, saying, you know, Cooks isn't going to be worth anything. And I kept saying, no, he is. I've seen him play for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a big difference maker. I'm real happy to have him on the team. Over 100 yards receiving. You know, one hiccup, golf through an interception. It was no big deal. Threw it out at the two-yard line. But the way our defense is playing, who cares? You know, in a in a... 21-21 game with five minutes left. Yeah, that would have ticked me off. But in the situation we were in, not a biggie. Golf looked great today overall. Our defense looked dominant. Our corners looked phenomenal. Our linebackers looked good. Eva Cam had a sack. I mean, can't ask for much more when you throw a big goose egg up for your opponent. And this is the second time in, in two years now the Rams have shut out the Cardinals. And both times were impressive. This time to me felt more impressive, if I'm honest with you. And I view it as a changing of the guard in the last two years. We're going to poke fun at Bruce Arians a little bit later in the podcast because of it, because I just remember a certain quote he made. And, you know, I, I also want to ask this question, though. What the heck has happened to the Cardinals? They were one of the most consistently competitive teams in the last 10 years, and now they just look horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, I Okay, more than horrible. Just... They might, they might go one of fifteen this year. I think that's what I had them. <laughs> I Arian, didn't have them. Arians bailed at the right time. I yeah, I didn't have them going one of fifteen. I had them going five and eleven, six and ten, maybe. I, I thought they'd be more competitive. I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I don't know how to say it. No offense to Sam Bradford, but they should just go ahead and put their rookie in, get him some playing time, and start looking to build towards next season because. They don't have an offense. I mean, they have a good running back, and they have Larry Fitzgerald, but he can't do everything. So defensively, I mean, they're a decent defense, but obviously we we were able to drive pretty easy on them. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, in, they're in rebuild mode, totally. I have to politely disagree with you. I don't see it that way at all because if Rosen has no weapons, he has Larry Fitzgerald. That's it. David Johnson, those guys are great. Those are star players. But the rest of the team around him, they're not there for him. And you're putting this guy's career at risk for what? A team that's already going to be bad anyways. Let him sit. Let him learn. Bradford may be a lot of things, but you can learn from this guy. You can learn from the people on the bench there, on the sideline, learning how to run this team. I wouldn't put him in there at all. I wouldn't risk that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's the Cardinals. <laughs> it's true. I really that's don't true. care. It's not even <laughs> worth debating. Uh, you know, I really don't care if they put Rosen in or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, there are going to be some UCLAers who are listening to the show as well, and 
they're going to want our thoughts a bit. Anyways, folks, before we move on, uh, we are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. So if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood team, Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some sort of his father and the team he left behind, or team he played for, sorry, and Eric Glitz, Glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elway, Crazy Lakes Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in the story spanning the 1950s LA Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in hardback and electronic form at both Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Yes, I can tell you for a fact, for once, Norm did read the book. He read the book. We can both tell you it's pretty stinking good. A great piece of Rams history. Well worth it. Well worth your time. All right. So, how dominant were the Rams? Norm, you want to go? You want to do the stats? You want me to do them? Um, <clears throat> I'll do them. All right. So let's do quarterbacks first. Uh, Jared Goff, twenty-four for thirty-two, three hundred and fifty-four yards, one touchdown, one interception. Sam Bradford, seventeen for twenty-seven, ninety yards, and an interception, which was. Picked off by Sam Shields, which is pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Rushing. <laughs> Malcolm Brown actually outrushed Todd Gurley. 12 attempts for 46 yards, where Gurley had 19 attempts for 42 yards, but Gurley had three touchdowns. Uh, Goff had two rushing plays for two yards and one fourth down that looked really horrible. In fact, he threw the empty hand out there. <laughs> <laughs> and we held uh, Mr. Johnson to 13 attempts for 48 yards. So, obviously, <laughs> we were pretty dominant on defense. Fitzgerald had three catches for 28 yards. Kirk had four catches for 27. Seals-Jones, four catches for 17. Edmonds, five catches for 15. And Johnson, one catch for three. So, pretty pretty sad night on the Cardinals' side. Rams, Brandon Cooks, seven receptions, 159 yards. Robert Woods, six receptions for 81 yards. Cooper Cup, six receptions for 63 yards. Todd Gurley, three for 31. Everett, one for 17. And Higby, one for three yards and a touchdown. So pretty dominant on the offensive side of the ball compared to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Johnny Hecker got his first field goal as a professional football player and an extra point did the kickoff duty. I mean, that guy's... I'm glad he's on our team. He's really helped us out in lots of different ways. On defense, leading tackler was safety John Johnson with six tackles and one assist. Seven. Combined, so that's... Yeah? Yeah, I, I zoned for a second. I'm not going to lie. I'm staring at Nats' numbers right now. <laughs> I, I was thinking six, seven, seven, and I just saw Nats' right above it going, oh, my gosh, we got to talk about Nats'. Oh, I will. I will. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, all the way around, our defense played solid, and there wasn't one real dominant player. Everybody on our defense was really dominant. Evo Cam even had a sack going around the end, shields with an interception. I mean, overall, we just held them to nothing. Uh, but let's talk about punt returns. JoJo Naxon comes in and replaces Farrell Cooper, who's out with an injury, has six returns with a 22-yard average. Looked phenomenal. Looked like he was going to bust a few. And, you know, like early in, early in the preseason, I was talking about how there's moments where he kind of reminds me of Tavon Austin. I think you could see that tonight a little bit as far as his speed and quickness and how he can cut and see the field. So 
you know, hope Farrell gets better, or you know, Farrell Cooper gets better soon. But you know, I think Natson's going to do a fine job replacing him for right now. A couple of things I I can't let it go. Just going, I I'm going to rewind just for a second and hit Natson. Twenty four first downs to the Rams, five, five for the Cardinals. Four hundred and thirty two total net yards to one hundred and thirty seven. That is brutal, brutal for the Cardinals. Cardinals. Natson, I you were sold to him from day one. You were stoked was watching him. You got, got to watch him live in Baltimore. And I kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a third team or a four team or playing third and four teamers. Holy cow. Told you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nats they the Rams I said this on Twitter during the game, the Rams would be absolute fools to let this guy go again. You find a way to keep him on the roster. If you release him now, somebody will get him anyway, so they saw what he can do. Do not let this guy go. Do not let this guy go. I, I, oh, my gosh. You have to keep him around. Yep. You have to. You know, and they, it kind of bothered me a little bit. I was going to mention it later in the show, but Jamil Demby, the Rams released him, and I really liked him, and I thought there was serious potential for him to be a star of the league one day. The Lions scooped him up, so there's no chance for even him coming back on the practice squad. So don't let this happen twice in a couple of weeks. Keep Nassin around. Keep him under. Just get him. Oh my gosh, don't let him go. Don't let him go. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and are we going to have to bring Sam Ficken back? That's another thing. We don't know how serious Greg Zerloin's growing injury is, so we'll have to see. But third down efficiency, the Rams were 8 for 15 for 53%, which is nice to see. And Arizona was 3 for 12 for 25%. Total net yards. Arizona 137. The Rams 432. So, I mean, you know, we could go through and talk more and more and more. But, I mean, it's painted the picture. The Rams were completely dominant in this game. And uh, happy to see it. Real happy to see it. Even down to time possession, 34 minutes time of time possession for the Rams, that was... Even as later parts of the game, they kind of just took the foot off the pedal a little bit. And I mean, it could have been 40 minutes easy if they really decided to really shove it down the Cardinals' throats. They let up, and it could have been a lot worse for the Cardinals. Well, while we're doing this podcast, the Patriots are losing bad and uh, to the Jaguars, and I'm watching Case Keenum drive the field with uh, 22 seconds left uh, behind by two to Oakland, trying to get him into field goal range. So. You know, weird day in football, too. You know, the Steelers, <laughs> they get trounced. I had them picking to go to the Super Bowl this year, and right now it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs if they keep playing the way they are. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 2-0. I mean, they were dominant today against the Eagles, which I had the Eagles falling, but I didn't have them falling to Tampa Bay. So, I mean, overall, there's some crazy things. Some of our predictions that we had, I mean, whoa. I had the Chiefs struggling this year, and they're, you know, Mahomes, six touchdown passes today. So, you know, that's the funny thing about this league is you never know what you're going to get. You really, truly never have an idea. And uh, I'm going to stick to trying to be an expert on one thing, and that's... Uh, that's, that's the Rams. All, that's the Rams. <laughs> no, the crazy thing is, too, is we're not the only ones. We are. There are predictions across the board everywhere around the league. And no matter how much you know about this game, no, no matter how much you know about the players, things always change. Go back to 1999. Nobody saw the Rams going to the Super Bowl winning that thing. 
Nobody, nobody saw the Patriots, who started one and four, then being the Rams in the Super Bowl two years later. It, it's just such a weird game and how it works out. Even last year at the Rams, they were four and twelve in twenty sixteen. We thought they'd be better. Nobody saw them go eleven fifteen except for Johnny. Johnny was the outlier on that. I had him one game less than Johnny. And and you know, <laughs> I had him seven and nine or eight. And I don't remember if it was one of those. One of those two. I think Steve had an eight and nine. That's just, that was pretty much the consensus. They'll be a better team. And you know, I had a I had the Saints going. I want to say fourteen and two. We got a touchdown here. What's the touchdown for? No, it's field goal. Case Keenum drove him down the field. Denver just kicked the field goal with six seconds left to go ahead of Oakland, twenty to nineteen. <laughs> and I didn't think, and I didn't think Denver would be two and zero right now. I don't think they'll stay two and zero. But and I had them doing fairly well this year. It's but so, it's, again, it's it's weird. It's a mixed bag. It's such a mixed bag. So I guess I guess that's why I don't work in Las Vegas. I'll stick with what I know, and you know we'll do the best we can to give you guys some good predictions on things. But we're gonna be wrong from time to time, and man, we're we wrong with our previous stuff. Well, look at the Saints. I mean, the Saints lost last week, and today they almost lost today to Cleveland. They should have lost to Cleveland. Eh? Yeah. If Cleveland had any competent special teams, they win that game. And Cleveland's looking I mean, better. They're far better. So, I mean, it's, they are better. It's a crazy kind of year. So, you know, that's why last week before we played Oakland, the way the games were going, you know, I sent you a text and said, I'm not feeling as good as I was just because of the trend that's going on in the league and then we did fine and then here in the next week it's same trends happening teams some teams that aren't supposed to do very well are killing it but we continue to win so i'm okay with that as long as it keeps that kind of trend i'm fine with it so there's a couple of things i want to kind of bridge that because you know since since the end of the second quarter in the oakland game this defense has, has been scary scary good when you look at where the Rams are, where they're predicted to be, and just looking at that defense alone, how do you feel about moving forward now? Oh, I feel great. I see our linebackers actually tackling well, uh, some cases even covering well. Eva Cam gets a sack today. Uh, I see our corners anticipating routes and jumping routes. You, know, you saw Peters do it against Oakland. You saw Shields do it today. Uh, just the way they're all playing together. The only thing I saw that gave me any pause at all was, I think it was early in the third quarter, if you go back and look at film, you'll see Joyner and John Johnson talking back and forth to each other, where Joyner actually wasn't even watching the offense when the ball was snapped. And it almost looked to me, and I'm not, I'm not insinuating that they were, but to me it felt like they were arguing about how the coverage was supposed to be or who was supposed to do what. So it seemed to me like there might be something going on there between the two of them. And Joyner might, you know, Johnson's kind of a leader, and Joyner's been there for a while, and I, I don't want to speculate, but it did look like something was amiss there, and I don't know what it was. Otherwise, everything looked solid. Yeah, but on the flip side, that could have just been an easy, quick disagreement over coverage and not be if they fixed it. You know, I it, who knows? And Johnson played a great game as it was so, for the second straight week, by the way. So who knows what? If I, I can't put any real, I can't put any real worry I'm, into that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying the only thing that I saw that could even be anything was that. 
Um, and and sure. like you said, they could have just been talking about who was supposed to cover who and somebody didn't know or, you know, but it, it was, that was the only thing that gave me a little bit of pause saying, well, you know, maybe there's still a little bit of growing to do, which is only the second week. But other than that, I mean, we've been, the last six quarters, we've dominated. And that's, that. that I, I think that's even, and saying it nicely, that the Rams have been beating the living bleep bleep out of people. I the thing of it is, it, is that we're not, we're, not, we're not killing it in sacks. We're not doing anything like that. We're just so consistently making quarterbacks hurry, and we kind of have a bend-don't-break thing with the running backs, you know, where they might get three, four, five yards, but we're not giving them more than that, which I'm fine with. Uh, you know, the secondary is dominant. I mean, really dominant. The fact that you can, you can put Tlaib and Peters man-on-man man with the two best receivers on the other team <laughs> it makes it difficult for any defense, and I'm stoked. I, I really see some opportunity for us this year. What's really scary to me is just what you said about that defense, and that is they're not really even getting much of a pass rush yet. They're doing enough to make people uncomfortable. They're not They're not stacking up sacks yet. They're not. Only one sack today, and none for Donald, none for Brockers, and none for Sue. Wait till they figure out how to do this together. Wait until they really turn it on. This is only going to get better. That's how I view it. They're only going to get better. The more games they play together, as long as everybody stays healthy, I don't see how this defense doesn't get better, and they're already very good. Well, we're going we're gonna to have a test. Would you call elite? I would maybe week five or six. Right now, we're going to find out how elite they are because we face the Chargers next week. And there's a team that's got an offense. Uh, if they if they hold the Chargers to 13 points or less, I'll call them elite. Or if they hold them under 20 and really dominate, you know, something like that. But next week's going to be their first real test. I, I don't I don't really feel like Oakland was much of a test on offense, and I don't I certainly don't think Arizona was. So you know, right now they're putting up elite numbers, but until they face a real offense like Philip Rivers and the Chargers. I'm not going to go there quite yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup and seeing how they do against that offense. All right, so one, you want to talk to us about Sal? Want me to do it? I'll go ahead. All right, okay. You know, you get a chance to talk a little bit here. Let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Sal Martinez at the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of our own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at one three seven five five. Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sal Martinez opened up his shop at his shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis and has kept the line on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Rams Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time. Give Sal a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. It is a great experience, the old school experience. Even made Norm look kind of sexy. For the girls' point of view, not mine. All right, Norm. Don't lie. <laughs> okay. All right. So this, this Rams-Cardinals match, I want to pull up a quote here from 2014 where Bruce Arians was – Going after the Rams. If you remember, this was this was news. The exact quote. Well, 
Let's play it. And in a place where I love it when nobody says you're going to have a chance to win. There's a, a 11 and 3 team and a team that's always 8 and 8. You figure it out. All right, so in case you didn't hear, he says, I love when nobody says you have a chance to win. There's an 11 and 3 team and a team that's always 8 and 8, referring to the Rams. Arians said, You can figure it out. You figure it out. Well, figure this out, Bruce Arians. This Rams team just beat the holy crap out of your team for the last two years now. And they're no longer 8 and 8 all the time. They were never 8 and 8, actually, to be fair. I, I, I've been waiting for the day to kind of go back at Arians. Arians was always kind of a jerk when it comes to the Rams. And I'm not going to sit here and dance to the Cardinals. It's not classy. I'm just saying, it's a, it feels nice to go back to that quote and say, you know what, they're not always 8-8 eight eight anymore. You were garbage. And it was cl- it was classless to say it then, and it's classless um, to even consider thinking about it now. It, this team's an actual team that is a Super Bowl threat, in my view. Yeah, I'm over it. So, I know that you've been dying to talk about that, but Arians is no part of the team anymore, so it really is irrelevant to me. But if it makes you feel better... You go for it, buddy. It does, actually. It does. All right. You know why? I'm the scarred Rams fan this conversation. I am. You're rolling your eyes over there. Think of this, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not scarred. I've been a Rams fan since 1966, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I've just, I've just learned to, you know, they're going to talk crap about the team. and it's Well, you know, it's this, okay? The reason why I wanted to play that clip is... For years, we were dog of this as a team that would never figure it out. They're, this was just a, a low, crappy organization that will always be bad. And the best they could ever hope for is 8-8. Eight and, eight. and now, you, years later, Sean McVay's there. This team's a Super Bowl contender. And they, I mean, after two weeks, I would... I'm not going to say it. That would be knocking on wood. But after two weeks, I'd say they're well beyond... It's just some 8-8 eight eight team, 11-3 team. This team is a very, very good football team that I think will get better. And I'm done hearing garbage. I'm just done hearing the garbage on it. Yeah, and you're not really hearing it anymore. Um, no. There are a few so-called experts or a few analysts that are still not giving golf credit and you know still not that high on the Rams, but you know, when you turn on the game and and you hear, you know, the announcers today talking about, you know, look at this dominant elite defense with, you know, the players that they've signed and brought in and look at this offense with all these weapons. And so it's it's weird to hear that. We haven't heard that since, you know, the late 90s. And there's one more thing I want to segue into that, though, Norm. Okay. What's that? All right. Because I, I don't – you, Norm, you – Norm and I are different folks. I'm normally on social media. I'm normally named the whole thing all the way through. He's just chilling over, drinking his beer, watching football, you know, just doing the norm things in life, trying to kill something's gun, all those things that Norm does. I'm on social media. I'm seeing all the media out there. And before this game even starts, or just as this game starts, we're seeing pictures from the sports media picking on the fan base in L.A., how the stadium's empty and nobody cares. Listen, I was not there. Okay, so I can neither confirm, confirm, confirm this or to diet than I am. I can't spit words out right now. If you are a Rams fan and you're still missing out on this and you're not getting involved in watching this team, you need to do it. 
you need to step up and do it. For the longest time this team has been getting crapped on, the fans have the, the fans have been crapped on in L.A. and in St. Louis, for that matter. That needs to stop. Show up, okay? Show up. Because this is not that 8-18 anymore. This is not that 4-12 and team anymore. Show up. It's a fun team to watch. And quite frankly, if you can't go, it's embarrassing. Norm and I, we'll, we'll spend our money. We're going to go see at least Detroit. Right? Are we still playing that, Detroit? Yeah, it all depends. But yeah, either Detroit or Chicago. Be nice to do both. But, you know, my wife would probably hand me up if I do both. But, one I'm for going, sure. I'm going to Green Bay, New York Jets on the 23rd of December. So, so I, I just, you go. You, you make it happen if you can. And start supporting this team because they're not the 8-18 anymore. It's kind of a, a, a weird rant for me, but just watching this team today is special. Offensively, kind of transitioning here, how do you feel about the offense today? Well, anytime you put up over 400 yards, you're never going to hear me complain unless you lose. I mean, offensively, Goff was on target most of the day. The line struggled a little bit today with a little tougher pass rush. But uh, overall, uh, I thought they looked great. And, you know, like I said, Brandon Cooks is going to be a weapon for this team. Had a 57-yard reception today. That would have been even longer if Goff could have thrown it harder because he was wide open. Yeah, you guys, you know, everybody's been talking about how the Rams needed somebody that could take the top off the defense, and Sammy Watkins was the answer. Well, Brandon Cooks is the answer. Goff needs to lift a few more weights so he can throw a little harder. In, in, fairness, in fairness to the Sammy Watkins fans, he had a great day out there in Kansas City. It's possible that both teams can be happy with their decision. And the Rams made the right decision to go, to go get Cooks. It's just the right decision for them. He fits in better with, with what they want to do. And that's fine. Yep. That's fine. So, best of luck to Sammy. We got Cooks. We're happy. Another thing, too, I did you that throw to Woods after the interception? Yep. That throw to Woods on that on the shoulder there. No one's getting that butt, Woods. Wow. Yeah, what a throw and what a catch. You know, for those who criticize Jared Goff, and there are a few, and it, uh, did you see the, the article this week? Asking about trading Goff before his contract comes um, up? I, I heard something about that, but you know, I pay about as much attention to that as I do CNN. So <laughs> the game, the game itself proves you don't do that. Is Goff still young? Yes. Does he make mistakes? Yes. Will he occasionally throw a bad interception? Yes. I don't even think today's interception was that bad for the reasons you gave earlier. I just, yeah. I just look at it as he is still growing, but for him to go out there and go for 300 yards with this team, I don't know what people complain about, what they want. He's been a field general. I mean, you can see him commanding the field out there. He's making great throws. He made one mistake in a, in a play that really didn't matter. I mean, sure, if they inter- it's not like we were going to kick a field goal from where we were. So they intercepted on the two-yard line, and what they get, 15 yards after that, and then had to punt back to us? Sure. I mean, no big deal today. But 354 yards and a touchdown, 24 for 32? Yeah, I'm good with that, especially some of the throws I saw him make. You know, he took a, took a couple sacks on the chin and took it like a man and got up and shook it off. And I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled with how Goff's playing. 
until we lose and he has a really bad game, I'm going to stay thrilled with how he's playing. And even in a loss, if he plays well, I'm not going to complain about him. I just hope we don't see that loss. Well, that's the thing. Is Yeah, I think there are probably some more gifted quarterbacks. That. The one that he gets compared to is because of Sammy Watkins is Pat Mahomes out there in, in Kansas City. Does Mahomes probably have a higher upside? I think he might. Does he have a stronger arm? Yeah, he does. But I love Jared, Jared Goff's leadership here. This offense never panics. Didn't matter at all last year. It hasn't mattered this year. When he's in the game, no matter where they are, they don't panic. Doesn't mean they'll always win, but they don't panic. He's a leader. He's cool, calm, collected. And sometimes that matters. And I'll take that over anybody who could be more erratic, who... I'll just take it. He's our quarterback. I'm not wanting to trade him. He might not be the guy who will break every passing record out there, but you don't need that. You need a guy who you can always count on to make plays, lead an offense, and keep it all together. I'm cool with that. And for that, he's my offensive player of the game. I had a feeling you were going to go with him, um, and I'm cool with that because he did really well. I'm actually going to go with B. Cooks just because, you know, for two weeks he's been really solid for us. You see him snatch the ball out of the air. You see how fast he is. He replaces, you know, Tavon Austin with the jet sweep. So does Cooper Cup. So does Robert Woods. I mean, Brandon Cooks is going to make a huge difference for us as the season goes on. And today, putting up, you know, over 150 yards, I'm thrilled to have him on the team. So that'll be my offensive player of the game. The Rams went out there and gave up a second-round pick for Sammy Watkins to be their number one guy. And then a year later, they do it again, this time a first-round pick for Cooks. Was it worth it now, clearly? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they yeah. and they signed him to an extension. They got the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. And every Rams fan out there that doubted Brandon Cooks should now be thrilled with what we have going on. Well, and to me, for Cooks, it's like a match made in heaven for what they wanted to do. He wanted to be there. He was the guy they wanted, and it works well. I really, really see this being a great career for him in L.A. And, you know, he may be the next great Rams receiver when it's all said and done. Yep. He might be. He might be one. He might be a guy we talk about. Let me say the words might, folks. I'm not saying it's going to be this, but might. When it's all said and done, his career, so he might be the guy we talk about in the same conversation with Henry Eller, with Corey Holt, with Isaac Bruce. They're all different receivers, but they all bring what that offense needs, or brought what that offense needs. So I'm very happy with the decisions for Cooks. And, you know, people who doubted it should have listened to you from the beginning. Yep. <laughs> I'm not personally doubted. I was straight in the middle. I don't. I didn't know. I'm glad you did. Play the game defensively. Who you call? You know, this is a little bit tougher because everybody on the defense contributed really well. Um, I'm going to go with John Johnson. I, I just think he's put two solid weeks out there. Interception last week. Led the team in tackles today. Just seems to be the perfect pick for us. Uh, you know, they, they got him in a later round. He stepped in and took over the starting role and has not stopped. And I'm really thrilled to have him on the team, and it just makes our secondary that much better. But today, he led the team in tackles, so I'll go with John Johnson. All right, my defensive player of the game, it's a sentimental pick. I'm going with Sam Shields. 
I this guy came back from being on the game for a very long time. He steps in. He is basically your slot nickel corner, whatever you want to call him, and gets just the interception. Just kind of makes sure this game never even can get close again. It was, an, it was a great play on his part, great run on his part, and sometimes it's not about the numbers. Sometimes it's about the message and. The message he sent was on am back, and I love to him enough to come back, and you got to respect that. And if I'm going to go overall player of the game, I'm going to put some props out there for J- Johnny Hecker. Took <laughs> over the kickoffs, took over the punts, which he normally does. Kicked an extra point, kicked the f- you know kicked the field goal. You know, well, <laughs> Jay Hecker, way to go, buddy. And he deserves it. In a lot of ways, this guy has been the Ram, really. He's the, the bridge between the old regime and the new regime. He's never wavered on being a Ram. He is Mr. Ram. He, come 20 years down the line, he'll be the guy that shows up to all the, the Legends interview sessions and to, to Rams Fest to sign autographs everybody wants to talk to because he's, he's just so well, charismatic about being a Ram. So he's just, just a great dude. Yeah, he, he really is. is a great dude. So, you know, yeah, I, I can see that player that's in there. Okay, folks, we're almost done. This pregame, postgame, whatever you want to call it, postgame. It's you could tell in the live shows after a game, you get the the, the hot takes, the the weirdness of it being a live show. But um, we want to get it out there for you. We do. Well, now you see why I have to edit for so long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, we are looking for sponsors for the 2018 season. It's a great, inexpensive way to get the word out in your business. I can tell you flat out our numbers from last week were. Tremendous, and you know they're going to keep growing. We're, we are we're, we're growing here, so if you want to get in now and get save some money and advertise, partner with us, please. We we think it's a great opportunity for us and for you. So reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail too if you want six five seven six 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 five four five three. We do have a media kit ready to get out to you anytime, and uh, we'd love to talk with you. Okay. I want to throw it out there, too, for our, for our listening audience. Uh, I spoke with Derek about the possibility of us doing a live broadcast, calling the game ourselves. Two, two Rams fans, two, you know, at least one of us is very knowledgeable about football. <laughs> but, you know, when you watch these guys talk on TV, they're so professional and they're so, you know, they use all the right words and the fancy words. And I just wish you could hear somebody screaming and yelling and going, you know, maybe a few profanities out there and, you know, stomping their feet and, you know, how you how how you would listen to it as a fan. And so I thought that maybe we could call a game once and see, you know, see how it worked out. So if you guys think that would be something we should do, send us an email or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and let us know. Yeah, please let us know. If that's not something you want, that's fine. It's kind of it's, we're, we're testing the market on those things, and it's good to have that kind of feedback. We know I know another podcast does it, but tries to be more professional with it. We wouldn't be professional. We would just talk game. We would just talk football as we go through the game, and that would be our way of calling it. Okay. Yeah, if somebody's a if somebody's a F an idiot. We're going to call him an F an idiot. So <laughs> well, you will. I'll be a little more polite. My well, sure you will. But I'll, I'll call I'll call it the way I see it. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go, trivia question for the week. And by the way, those of you who, who um, have already won the contest, your books are on the way. It's a little bit late because school started, so they're on the way. Um, trivia question for this week is the 1953 Rams were the only team to beat the eventual NFC Western champs. They did it twice that year, by the way. Who was that team? The 1953 LA Rams were the only team to beat the eventual NFC West 
Western Champs. Who was that team? Email us your answer at RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. The fifth response wins a copy of Hollywood's team by Jim, by Jim Hawk. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk. You can find me at DC Paula on Twitter at Norm Hightower for big old Norm. Don't forget to iTunes, Stitcher, and all those wonderful places that, uh, that do podcasts. We hope to have a couple more added on soon. Maybe even Spotify. We're working on that. So, oh, and IB Radio. Don't forget them. And let them know. If you listen to them, let them know how much you enjoy having us there. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Apollo. 2 and O. Oh. Take it easy. Yeah, baby. Adios. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.